Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. All right, get back to the Mets calls uh, a little late. We're going to mix it up and cover everybody in this town, not uh, just the Mets, as we do uh, get excited here for opening day. We'll have Mets tickets giveaway in the 8 o'clock hour as well. But uh, the New York Giants, Odell Beckham Jr., a lot going on there. Yeah, it's been for a, a little while now. And Art Stapleton of the record joins us right now. And uh, Art, it's great to have you on the show. How you been? Everything good? I'm doing well, Pete. You know, everything going on down in the land of Mickey Mouse down in Orlando <laughs> at the owners' meetings. I'm up here in New York, so a lot of lot of texting, a lot of emailing, and trying to keep up with sources and keep up with everything that's going on down there. So it's an eventful 48 hours for people following the Giants. No, I bet. And there's been you know rumors uh, left and right. What 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 would you say we learned from? The people who matter, Bor- uh, uh, Mara, Dave Gettleman, uh, with the Giants as far as what Odell Beckham Jr.'s immediate future is. <laughs> well, I mean, if you listen to John Mara tonight versus what John Mara, what was perceived to to be what John Mara said on Sunday, uh, that uh, I think John Mara said, you know, nothing's changed between Sunday and now regarding the status of Odell. Um, I, honestly, I thought the biggest piece of information from the last two days came from Steve Tisch, who is the co-owner, obviously. And, you know, people always run to John Mara because he's a team president and, and he is more involved in the football operations. But Steve Tisch admitted yesterday that negotiations had started, even though they were at the earliest stages, with Odell's representatives and Dave Gettleman and the Giants. So, that, to me, was a piece of information that just kind of got swept under the rug, kind of got, got caught you know, in, in the undertow of this ocean that has kind of taken over the last you know, 72 hours. But I, I think, look, it's all posturing. Yes. Uh, you know, John Mara is the owner of the team. He hadn't spoken on Odell for the last couple weeks. Uh, he came out Sunday night. He chose to talk. He left the door open that no one is untouchable on the team, whether he knew how his words were going to be perceived or not. Uh, he's the owner. He could say what he wants. He said what he wanted. Uh, he's used the media to send messages to players in the past. So was he sending a message to Odell? You could certainly read into that. Uh, but the reality is, I think in today's age, of the way social media and talk radio and tabloids and the the thirst for clicks that we all live in, it's very difficult to decipher what's rumor, what's speculation, what's fact, what's fiction, and then it gets caught in the echo chamber, and then it becomes, well, this is happening. Odell's getting traded, and I think the Giants kind of took a step back today and said, whoa, wait a minute, where did this come from? How did we go from A to Z? And I think they're kind of trying to put the genie back in the bottle at this point. Yeah, Mara saying today that uh, I don't know how much more clearly I can say it. I don't want him traded. I want him to be a giant. But I can't sit here and tell you that it is 100% guaranteed that that's going to happen. But he kind of could, right? He's the owner. I mean, it, it's it, well. Well, look. If the owner comes out, I mean, Steve. Like I said, Steve yeah. Tisch came out yesterday sure. and said, "I want Odell here." John Mara came out and said, "I want Odell here." Dave Gettleman. The only way he's going to convince his ownership to go against that those wishes is if he comes to him with an offer that they can't refuse. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking. You know, Vito, Cor- Vito Corleone at this point. You know, I just don't see it happening. But from the Giants' perspective. 
they're not going to not listen to people who want to call for anyone. And the reality is, Mary even said tonight, and I'm surprised there wasn't that much read into it. He joked, but he was serious to the extent that the only player who they can't trade is Nate Solder mm-hmm. because of the because of the the salary cap implications of the contract that he signed. There would be way too much. Uh, appreciation for the money on the salary cap. They couldn't trade him, but everyone else. So I'm kind of surprised. I'm, again, I'm not there, so I'm not pointing fingers at reporters to ask him a question, but that kind of laid it out there. I'm surprised no one ran with the idea of, oh, so, John, you, you would consider trading Eli if the right – if the you know Eli Manning, if the right offer came, so I think that's kind of the way we work in this news cycle, where every little loophole that can be found in what someone says is going to be found by someone in the media, and if it's the right person at the right time or the wrong person at the wrong time, it could blow up into a far bigger story than what the, the individual talking intended. Yeah, no, we just got a headline for this interview, Giants uh, considering dealing uh, Eli Manning. Now we're ready to go. We're going to get some clicks here. <laughs> yeah, you're going to spend the next hour, right? You're going to talk about it. I mean, but seriously, you know no, that's no. how it works. Yeah. I mean, that's really how it works. No, and, and, and it is difficult for people to determine what's happening, but I also think there's kind of two conversations happening at once with the Giants to Odell Beckham through the media here. One is, as you talked about, the posturing and they're negotiating a contract and having that back and forth. But it also feels like there's that second part of it where they're trying to establish some boundaries for Odell Beckham Jr. And while I think everybody kind of poo-pooed the video a little bit, clearly when Mara says he doesn't want to have to answer all these questions about Odell Beckham time and time again, do you think, you know, do you see it that way that, you know, there are two different conversations happening here and, and a lot of messaging. It's typical negotiating on one hand, but some things more specific to, you know, what the Giants have dealt with with Odell Beckham over the years happening as well. I don't think there's any doubt to that. You know, when the whole video came out, my my point was, look, I, I don't know how it's going to hurt his negotiating with the Giants and his chances at a long-term extension and the rumored, you know, $20 million a year, that kind of thing. But I certainly know it did not help. It didn't help circumstances. You know, that kind of video comes out. Now you've got a lot of questions that need to be answering. Now, whether or not Odell answered those questions behind closed doors, he met with Pat Shermer last week, and they can talk about everything but football when Shermer was out, you know, scouting Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold out in L.A. He met with Odell, and they talked about a lot of things. I got to imagine the video came up, and they talked about behavior and how what they expect and that kind of thing. I mean, but these are conversations that Odell has had with Giants uh, personnel over the years. I mean, the conversations that they had uh, the, with the people that he had conversations with are no longer there other than John Mara. So this is all new for Dave Gettleman and, and Pat Shermer. Uh, and the like. So I, I was texting with a with a, a player today about the whole Odell situation, and the one player said to me, "If I had to give Odell any advice for his off season, I'd say just go missing for a bit, hmm. make people miss you." And I think that speaks to Odell's celebrity, and it doesn't mean that he wants to be out in front of the camera, even though we know Odell enjoys that celebrity. But the idea that he's always in front of us, 
whether it's his social media or people and the paparazzi trying to find him or he's at a basketball game. And when he, he can't just go to a basketball game. It's now Odell Beckham Jr. is sitting courtside at the Cavaliers game. It's people who are out there, and he's out there so much that now people are are mistaking, you know, imposters for Odell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, oh, that guy's a blonde hair, blonde hair guy with curly hair. Oh, it kind of looks like Odell. Odell is, is, you know, in a fight in Atlanta. Well, no, Odell wasn't even in Atlanta. So the, the idea of miss me, and I think to spin that a little bit, I think people forget how good of a football player Odell Beckham Jr. is. I really do. I, because I, I think that it's he's been away for so long. He only played three games and and part of a fourth last year. He was injured most. Of, he wasn't a hundred percent at all in the regular season last year. And then you go back the previous year, and the only game anyone wants to talk about are the two drops in Green Bay, probably the worst game of his career. Mm-hmm. So that's what people want to talk about. So it's the idea that. It's been so long, people forget the dominance that this player had within this team and in this league. No other wide receiver put up the kind of numbers for the first three years of their career better than Odell Beckham Jr., Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, any of those guys. And that's kind of forgotten here, and part of it is his fault, Mm -hmm. but also part of it is circumstance and just the way things have kind of taken shape here with the Giants. No, it's certainly a mix as we uh, chat with Art Stapleton of the record right now. Uh, How about, you know, this week, is there anything we could take away from what Dave Gettleman or Pat Shermer said that might wage any kind of hint as to what they're thinking at the draft and, and whether or not they go quarterback, or is it, uh, is it all just nonsense here, Art, at this time of year? <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting that, that uh, Pat Shermer did point out that uh, for, you know, for a first-year head coach, they're allowed an extra week of the off-season program, so it allows them to build in you know, an extra voluntary like minicamp. You know, everyone in the spring always talks about it's that minicamp in mid-June that's mandatory that all players have to be at. Uh, and Shermer talked about today how the spring program for the Giants includes now a voluntary minicamp the week of the draft. And he talked about reps that Davis Webb is going to get as a quarterback. And he said, you know, the minicamp runs the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and that Thursday is the first round of the NFL draft. So he joked that, you know, maybe Davis Webb has right up until the Giants go on the clock of convincing Team Brass that, you know what, none of these quarterbacks are are, are worthy of that pick, and plus it helps that we have Davis Webb. Now, I, I, I think – I don't know if the Giants are convinced in a quarterback because I think if you're going to stack the players in this draft and use the gold jacket test, which is what I've been saying about Dave Gettleman keeps talking about, you know, you've got to envision that guy sliding on a gold jacket in Canton if you're going to take him at number two. Uh, I think you're looking at Saquon Barkley. I think you're looking at Quentin Nelson. And I think you're looking at Bradley Chubb probably ahead of the quarterbacks in terms of that test. So, uh, you know, look, I would take a quarterback. I know all the benefits of taking the quarterback. I would want either Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen, but I'm not convinced the Giants won't go, uh, really won't go Barkley. That, that's kind of, to me, where, where I'm sitting right now with them. And if maybe Barkley you have to take it too, but anybody else, if they love the offensive lineman or, or Chubb, uh, you got to trade back if you're the Giants, right, or at least attempt to. Well, if you you know that 
totally agree with getting the assets, but how far back do you want to move? Yeah. That's the problem. You know, if you want either Nelson or Chubb or Barkley, you can't move to Miami at 11 mm-hmm. or Buffalo at 12. You can't do that. So, to me, the best trade-back opportunity, if, if it's going to be a Miami or a Buffalo, is you want those teams. If I'm Dave Gettleman, I say to those teams, look, Get me, get me higher in the top ten, and then we'll talk. You trade with the Colts at six, trade with you know Tampa at seven. Get into that top ten, and then I'll talk to you about what kind of boatload of picks you want to give me. But I cannot leave the top ten uh, and move away from that opportunity to get. You know, look, we, we all know it's not an exact science, Pete. But the reality is, the closer you pick to number one, odds are you're getting a better player. You know, the caliber of player you're getting is better. So why would you take roll the dice with a guy in the 20s when you have a chance to just pluck him right there at two? Sure, yeah, it's got to be uh, you know limits of, of where where you're going and, and who exactly you like there. And uh, obviously, looking for Hall of Famers at, uh, at number two. No, no rough expectations for whoever they end up taking uh, if it is in that spot. But uh, Art Stapleton of the record, uh, great having you on and appreciate you keeping us updated on... You know, the, the little soap opera that's been going on with the Giants of late. Little soap opera. Hey, uh, you know, we'll talk to you again in like eight months after the Mets are done. <laughs> we'll mix it up a little bit, but uh, thanks delays. again, Art. Rain delays, right? Yes, rain, rain delay theater rain. with Art Stapleton. Absolutely. Uh, that's good, Pete. <laughs> all right, be good. Uh, Art Stapleton. And, and yeah, we were uh, extremely heavy Mets once uh, Mets season hits, but on those off days, Salicati will mix it up and have some uh, other talk going on. Uh, clearly, draft night, we will be talking some football that night. I'll guarantee you that. April 26th, I believe it is. The Mets have a 1 o'clock game. I already got the night planned out, but we'll be uh, we'll be doing plenty of football that night before. I mean, just a huge draft. The Giants at 2, the Jets at 3. Uh, both teams potentially looking for future franchise quarterbacks. That's going to be a huge night in this town. So we, we'll have you covered uh, that night, no doubt about it. Uh, 800-321-0710. The number again, 800-321-0710. You call into the show, get on the air, you get yourself a free Mets t-shirt. You can talk Mets, you can talk Giants if you want. You want Odell Beckham the heck out of here? Uh, give us a shout. 800-321-0710. Plus, we got Mets tickets for opening weekend for you to win as well. We'll give them away before 9 o'clock. It's a Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WO. It's the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on 710 WOR. Now it's uh, Odell Beckham trade talk. You know, where he's going to go? He is. They are negotiating. They're trying to figure out a a deal uh, to to get done there, and they're not in a hurry to move him. And I don't think any team's going to be dying to give up an early first round pick to deal with the same contract situation the Giants are going through right now. You don't trade that kind of pick for a player and then have to pay him as the highest paid receiver in the league. Uh, so, you know, you're not getting that kind of magic deal coming in if you're the Giants, and and they'll have to, you know, sort it out. They want to play hardball with Beckham if he has another issue here in the, the next couple of weeks. That's the way it'll play out. But, uh, yes, it, it has definitely been an overdrive, I think, with uh, a lot of the trade talk and uh, some other, you know, Nonsense this week. 800-321-0710. Uh, let's give away some Mets t-shirts. Call into the show. Get on the air. You get yourself a shirt. Jim and Lindbrook. What's up, Jim? 
Hey, Pete, how are you doing? Good. How are we doing? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. I just got back from Florida, saw a couple of Met games down there, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how things work out. But one thing that did turn my head, and I'm very much excited about, is uh, uh, the kid in center field, Brandon Nimmo. Yeah, Nimmo has been terrific. Well, I, you know, I've, I've followed him. My folks live in Florida, so I've been up, you know, spring training. Uh, I, I go to Jupiter, the Cardinals or Marlins field. Okay. Because <clears throat> um, uh, there's just, you know, you, you get better access to players, what have you. But uh, in any event, um, got a chance to watch him quite a bit. And, I mean, he's finally filled into his body. Uh, when I first saw him in camp maybe three four years ago i mean he was like a bean pole it didn't look like he even owned a razor right he looked like straight off the farm you know fresh-faced kid yeah, he's a man now he's developed yeah, and it, it, it's it, gonna it, take it, him a it, while it, it, it always was and i'm not saying he's gonna be a star it, it, but he can play you know quite a bit for this mets team and they can feel good it, about it there's not an ounce of fat on the kid's body and he's he's chiseled he's you know he's got to be six three something like that and i mean he's ripped to shreds and you know, uh, we were sitting there. He, he he launched one over the berm. He hit a home run. I mean, it was a shot. And you know, he could play. Uh, he could play the field. He's athletic and he can run. And now the power know. is what's been impressive. Thanks for calling in, Jim. That that's been the di- big difference for Nimmo. And I think in terms of how the Mets see him is, you know, we talked to Sandy Alderson about this on Friday night. And if you missed that interview, check it out. I've been referencing a lot. Seven ten wor dot com. You can hit the uh, Sports Zone page there, but. For uh, for Sandy, uh, he said the power totally changes the conversation with Nemo. That now it's not a matter of him trying to stick in center field. Now you can actually play him in left field or right field and and be comfortable with it. And that's obviously not the plan for the Mets when they have you know Jay Bruce and Yohannes Cespedes, but they could. And Sandy said he came up in Andrew McCutcheon trade talks this offseason and, you know, for other names that there are a lot of organizations interested in them. I asked Sandy, was it hard to keep him? Sandy said, nope. So they're excited about what Nimmo can do. And that's not just, you know, it was Sandy's first, uh, first round pick with the Mets. He's definitely turned it around the last couple of years and, uh, looks like he could be a contributor and more than, you know, a fourth or, or fifth outfielder. Uh, Kevin on Long Island. What's up, Kevin? How you doing, Pete? How are you? Good. How are you? It's been a pleasure listening to you on the drive home from work or after work, and uh, I go out to the store. And you give me excitement to try to get over the winter, like the guy said earlier. It's been a long, rough winter, and just can't wait to Thursday. We're almost there, baby. Again. Can't wait to start over again. I hope it ain't gonna be disappointing, Pete. Really, honestly, I know you got your doubts. I have my doubts too because I, I've been here since 1964. I'm like 65 years old. I've been going through this up and down, back and forth, hoping for a miracle. We had two already, but we missed the third one. We missed the fourth one, but you know, maybe the, like you said, if we get to the playoffs, anything can happen with a wild card. You know what I mean? Like you said, if the pitching can be there. Yeah, and, and the way the Mets are built, they're, they're built for you know those short series. That's, uh, you know, that's you what know, they have. Any, Anything can happen. You know, I mean, we should go one game play off of the Giants. It could have went the other way. It didn't go that way. But, you know, I don't think they're going to win, like you said. I don't think they're going to get close to the division with Washington. But, you know, you know, you never know what could happen. You know, like, look at what's saying. What are the, the Giant pitcher, the number one pitcher, went down already already in spring training. Already. Yeah, Madison Bumgarner is going to miss the, the first couple of months. So, you know, that's obviously uh, disappointing for them. They went out and made some, some big moves this offseason, too, uh, getting uh, Andrew McCutcheon and uh, Evan Longoria. Uh, let's go to Joseph in the Bronx. Uh, what's up, Joseph? How are you? Good. How are you? 
I want Mr. Beckham gone. I want him to get whatever they can for him now. And you know what? I think that thing in Paris, you know, you haven't heard from Mr. Tish. Now all of a sudden you heard from Mr. Tish. You know, somebody had to come up with him and say, let me show you something. And he saw his best player with what we all believe is drugs in him in his hand. Or, or well, on the bed next to him, yeah. On the bed. And I'm not saying that he's a drug user. I'm not, But the potential is there. I think it's scaring him. He's got a bum ankle. We don't know if we can run. It's not like he's going to run for you before you trade him. You, you know, you, you don't know what you're getting here back. It's like handicapping a horse. Well, why would you want to trade for that? So you, you hold on to him. Yeah, but you can you get know, something for this now. I don't this think you're getting much for him right now. I don't, I don't think you're getting you what you, you'd really need to get for a receiver with that kind of talent right now. Yeah, but just like you said in your to your previous caller, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to maybe send that problem to another team. It's not just that you're going to get something back, but you're going to gain by getting rid of what is a potential problem with this guy. He's going to hold out. We know that already. It's going to be drama after drama after drama with this guy. And I'm a devout Giants fan. He's a great player. But what are you going to do? At this point, it's too frustrating. Yeah, and, and I know a lot of Giants fans are, are fed up. I, I can't. I can't give up on that kind of talent and say, yeah, we'll take a back-end first-round pick for Odell Beckham Jr. i got to hold on and, and see what you get out of this guy. Yeah, there's some concerning behavior, but it's not to a point where uh, you know you, you fear he's going to be suspended at any given moment um, you know, or, or arrested or anything along those lines. So I, I'm holding on to him. Now, where I would draw the line with if I'm the Giants is I'm not signing him to that long-term deal. I would hold out as long as I could if I'm the Giants. And if he wants to hold out, sit out a season, knock yourself out. But I'm not um I'm not signing him up for ten years or you know, the big wide receiver contract that he's looking to get. Um I think there's a way to play it in between and we'll see if the Giants can can slide it through the uh, the keyhole there. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we, we talked with Dan Plesak, MLB Network, earlier tonight. He gave his take on the Mets this year, how it can go right, how it could go wrong. Uh, so we'll have that for him when we return. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Now you know what it means by now. Your chance to win a couple of tickets to see the Mets and the Cardinals this Saturday at City Field. Be caller 4 at 800-321-0710. And you're the winner. Brought to you by the New York Mets and Coca-Cola. Opening weekend at City Field features a Mets Build-A-Bear Teddy giveaway to the first 15,000 fans in attendance this Saturday. And a tote bag giveaway to all fans on Sunday. For tickets to opening weekend, go to Mets.com slash tickets. Well, more tickets to give away tomorrow night here in the Sports Zone. It'll be myself and Sal Licata, our last big Wednesday show uh, for the full three hours. Uh, we will be joined by Mickey Calloway, the manager of the New York Mets, on the eve of making his managerial debut. Uh, so we'll be able to have some fun with Mickey. Uh, then on Thursday, it is opening day. Uh, we'll be live, Mets on deck at 1130 uh, right outside the Jackie Robinson Rotunda by the Apple there. Everybody's favorite meeting spot at City Field. Uh, again, live at 11.30. Mets on deck uh, as the Mets get set to take on the Cardinals. Uh, and then we'll hit the uh, the pregame show and baseball will be starting up. You'll be hearing Howie and Josh uh, at 1 o'clock bringing you 
uh, Mets baseball right here on 710 WOR. And, and just uh, if you enjoy this show, uh, I'll be doing Mets on deck an hour before first pitch every night. You used to listen in here, 605, uh, every night for the Sports Zone. Uh, we'll pretty much be with you in one way or another every single weeknight at 605. And then after every single post game, uh, show we'll have uh, the sports zone we'll take your calls and that has the feel of what we do uh, here in the off season six to nine uh, so certainly looking forward to getting all that uh, fired up again started up uh, if you missed anything tonight again a uh, big thanks to dan plesak mlb network as well as art stapleton of the record for sharing uh, his thoughts on odell Beckham's situation there with the giants but as always check out 710wor.com at the sports zone page you can listen to the podcast there you can subscribe to the podcast through the iheart radio app as well uh, so a lot of ways to stay involved in the uh, in the show uh, but that'll about do it for us tonight Enjoy the T-shirts. Uh, appreciate the phone calls. Uh, thanks, Ray Martell, Mark Weiner on the other side of the glass. I'm Pete McCarthy again tomorrow night. Myself and Sal Licata, Mickey Calloway will join us on the show. We'll have some more surprises for you in store as well.